Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. There are a number of New Orleans businesses that are as much a part of the unique vocabulary of New Orleanians as Muffaletta and Poboy. Some of them, like K&B and Schwegman's, are in the ain't dare no more category. One New Orleans institution that is still here is what we call either Oxner or Oshner, however you say it. Everybody in New Orleans knows what you mean. Its real title is the Oshner Health System. Oshner is one of the largest independent academic health systems in the United States with 12 hospitals, more than 40 health centers, and over 15,000 employees. The president and CEO of the company is Warner Thomas. Uh, Warner, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks, Peter. Another local medical institution you may have heard of is the New Orleans Bio District. The Bio District was created in 2005 to develop businesses connected to bioscience and encourage them to start up or relocate to New Orleans. The Bio District's chairman is Xavier University Senior Vice President for Resource Development, Gene Demore. Gene, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Really happy to be here. Gene, the New Orleans Bio District is something like Beethoven. Most of us know Beethoven's name, but not many of us could actually identify a piece of his music. I know there is a bio district, and I'm not really totally sure whether that's an actual place, a state of mind, a state government initiative, or a kind of, if you build it, they will come field of dreams. Uh, I know the bio district is technically a chunk of land that straddles downtown and mid-city, and it's meant to create 34,000 jobs. Uh, but I'm not totally sure whether the massive construction we're seeing in that area is the VA and charity, or whether that's part of the bio district, or it's not related to the bio district. Can you clear it up for me? I'll do my best. Okay. It's a 1,500-acre site in the area that you just described, bounded by Carrollton, uh, by Loyola, by Iberville, and by Earhart Expressway. Uh, basically, it's what's called an innovation district. Innovation districts are being uh, built across the country uh, rapidly. Uh, Brookings Institute just did a special study on them because they promote economic development to such an uh, extraordinary way. Uh, why? Uh, typically, the idea is to attract and grow advanced technology businesses. Uh, since World War II, the greatest growth in employment worldwide has been uh, in uh, advanced technology areas. Uh, now, you need uh, basically three things to grow uh, advanced technology. First off, you need a strong research base. Uh, you need a uh, uh, strong university industry collaboration. And you also need a workforce, a, a technically, technically literate workforce. So as it turns out, in one area, New Orleans has all three. Uh, our universities, Tulane, LSU Health Sciences, Center Xavier, uh, bring in hundreds of millions of dollars from NIH and life sciences research. 80% of all that uh, life sciences research goes here to New Orleans, in the 80% uh, from the state of uh, uh, NIH funding. Uh, secondly, uh, these institutions also have very active commercialization uh, offices, uh, patent, uh, patenting, technology transfer, licensing, uh, and so forth. And then lastly, as it turns out, strangely, 
uh, where uh, New Orleans does not have a highly literate, uh, technically literate labor force, in the biosciences we do. Oh, yeah, that's, that's not what you usually hear. That's, uh, mm. Well, that's true. Now, when, when I'm on, on the overpass, what am I looking at? Well, you're looking at, uh, you're looking at uh, the Louisiana Cancer Research Consortium. You're looking at Tulane. You're looking at LSU Health Sciences Center. You're looking at Xavier in the distance. You're looking at the new uh, University Medical Center, the VA. And what's the, what's the timetable for this gene? I see, it, I see it growing. I can't figure out what's we're going to get it all at once or little by little. No, or? no, it's little by little because what has to happen is uh, given the, uh, the nature of a biodistrict, we are working to, a, to build and to attract new bioscience industries because our universities are working with industry to be able to uh, do collaborative research with them. Uh, often uh, we'll use the New Orleans Bioinnovation Center, which is also in that area. That's right. Yep. Uh, it's been very, very successful. A district like this is a geographic area which is supposed to not only attract, but attract because it has very unique characteristics. The unique characteristics are it has a great deal of connectivity. Uh, it has, uh, uh, it has uh, coffee shops, restaurants, uh, universities, all in the same area within walking distance. Warner, you're heading up Ochsner Health Systems, one of the biggest players in one of the most economically and politically powerful sectors in the country. Uh, on the one hand, your business is built on providing a one-to-one relationship, individual health care. On the other hand, you're part of an enormously complex financial and political system. You were the COO of Oshner for 14 years before taking over as CEO. Uh, now that you're responsible for all of it, how much of your day is spent looking outward, dealing with the big picture, and how much of it is spent looking in at the everyday business of, of running clinics and hospitals? So I would say, Peter, I probably spend about uh, 80% of my time you know, really looking external, uh, whether that's long-range planning, whether that is uh, building relationships, you know, in the in the community, whether it's really trying to shape the political agenda around healthcare, both on a on a local, state, and and federal level, um, or whether it's it's really thinking about where we make investments, you know, both from a, a physician point of view, from a capital investment point of view, or you know, what markets we really want to operate in down the road. So. It, it really is more of an externally focused type of relationship. I'm fortunate to have a great team that works with me, that does a great job kind of internal in the organization. But at Auction, we always say patients come first. I mean, we exist to take care of patients. It's why we're there. And, you know, we, it is a very personal type of service that we provide. And it's only as good as, you know, every single interaction we have with a patient or a patient's family. And so it's... It is a constant focus to make sure we're doing the right thing, that we constantly focus on delivering a better experience, and that we have great medical outcomes, which is how people really judge us at the end of the day. We've gone from, I think, pre-Katrina, we had about 550 physicians. We have nearly 1,000 physicians in our medical group today. Uh, we have relationships with you know 1,500 community physicians as well. So we, we've really, um, I think, focused on the right things in the community, taking care of patients, making sure we provide great service. And because of that, we've been fortunate to uh, have a lot more patients trust their health care you know, to us and trust their health care to us. So we, we feel very blessed to have that opportunity. Uh, we believe we've been part of the, the big changes that have happened in this region and, and are proud to contribute our portion to that. But, you know, I was going to ask you, Gina, you mentioned you started in 05. Uh, was, did the bio district get going pre-Katrina or post-Katrina? Well, it, uh, the uh, groups and strategic planning efforts started before Katrina. 
uh, GNO Inc. pulled together the universities in the city, uh, the economic development organizations in the city, including the Chamber, uh, Downtown Development District, Regional Planning Commission, uh, to think about developing this type of a district and asking the question, what should we focus on? Uh, so uh, together over a two-year period, uh, partially supported by a grant from the, uh, through the Regional Planning Commission, uh, we were able to develop the strategic plan as to what we do over the next six to seven years. Uh, and then uh, that strategic plan was the basis for the legislation that ultimately passed uh, through our state legislature to create this, uh, this state-enabled district, which, by the way, has ta taxing authority and bonding authority. Uh, how will you measure the success of the bio district? I guess there are probably a couple of different measures, right? Well, uh, uh, earnings, uh, taxation, how much uh, additional uh, taxes are we coming into the city? Uh, uh, James Richardson from LSU uh, estimated that the city would get, uh, over the next 20 years, about $1.4 billion in new taxes. So will the state, uh, that there will be, uh, as you mentioned, the 34,000 jobs created. Uh, that's over a 20-year period. Uh, and also, you know, uh, it's very connected. It is connected, as uh, Wayne was saying, to, uh, to health care. Because what happens is a lot of our schools and a lot of these companies create pharmaceuticals, create new medicines, create new medical strategies. Those pharmaceuticals are then put into clinical trials uh, to, uh, to test them and see, look at their efficacy. If you look around the nation and you see some of the most greatly known uh, medical centers, uh, uh, like MD Anderson, for example, what you find is surrounding them are these types of companies, these types of universities, which are producing these products, which then are used for clinical trials. Now, once you have that, the healthcare dramatically, uh, the, the quality of healthcare certainly increases greatly because those individuals who need to go into clinical trial because of the state of, of their illness uh, will be able to do it. Uh, one other thing I'll mention there is the uh, Louisiana Cancer Research Consortium, which is in the Bow District. Uh, Tulane, LSU, Xavier, and Oshner is part as well. Uh, basically is striving to achieve uh, NCI, National Cancer Institute uh, designation, which would dramatically increase the amount of funding that comes into the district and the number of clinical trials we do, uh, and therefore healthcare and attracting people from around the globe. Yeah, I think the, the, big, the big focus that, that we have today, and I think you're going to see going forward, is around telemedicine. So if, if you think about, maybe the mental model is to think about, you know, when's the last time you went to a Blockbuster? Okay. okay. <laughs> so, Not recently. very sad right? commerce story. Sad okay, yes. Yeah. Right. But if you, if you go back, Blockbuster used to be gr very convenient. And it was convenient because it was around the corner from us. You could go down to your nearest Blockbuster and get a, get a DVD or a video. Today, it's not convenient because you can sit on your couch and do it with Netflix, on your cable or whatever. And I think healthcare is going to go in the same direction. When you what can sit on your like? couch. Yeah. I think when you can sit on your couch and you can FaceTime with a physician for, you know, low acuity types of things. Yeah. Or if it has to do something you just need a prescription situation. I think you're going to see things like that that actually will take some of that urgent care and that low acuity care out of a one-on-one, -on -one you know, personal kind of face-to-face -face interaction and really be more of a, a FaceTime, you know, type of or tele what we call a telemed type of telehealth type of experience. So I don't think, once again, that's not going to be predominant of yep. what happens in healthcare. It'll be another component of the continuum of healthcare as we see it grow in the future. And Warner, that's a great example of what we were talking about earlier, where you've got to manage this giant organization day to day, but you're thinking out where healthcare is going to be five, ten sure. years from now. That sure. And we have, we have a team that focuses just on innovation. You know, it's looking just at new digital applications, um, 
you know, we, we were the first organization in the country to actually link clinical information from the electronic medical record that are in healthcare systems around the country and the Apple Health Kit. We've actually had a team working with Apple, working with Google about how we can build more connectivity and help understand where they're going from a company perspective and figure out how we need to make, basically meet them in the middle from a, uh, from a connection of information perspective. So innovation in healthcare is just going to continue to accelerate, we believe. And I think we're moving from a, a situation where healthcare has been very kind of wholesale, you're kind of one step removed, to being very kind of retail oriented, where you're deciding and you're writing kind of the first dollar check out of your own checking account or a health spending account. So we think dollars are going to be spent very differently in the future than maybe they're spent today. I even like your old school stuff, the piano in the lobby. You got the piano in the lobby, too. And and I think, you know, once again, that may not impact things like, you know, cancer surgery or if they have a baby or whatnot. But, you know, lower acuity things, urgent care types of situations, that's going to be a very different interaction, we believe, in the future. Well, this is the uh, part of the show we call the checklist, and it's where we ask, uh, take a little break and ask you a question that you probably wouldn't find on a, on a loan application. I'm going to start with Gene. If, if Gene, if you could change one thing about New Orleans, what would it be? The only thing I think would be uh, the education, particularly the elementary secondary education system. Uh, we really need to grow that to enhance it. Uh, and to, from the point of view of the bio district, uh, we've been working with schools here to, uh, to help them develop bioscience curricula. Uh, we need more uh, education, more advanced technology, I'm sorry, more uh, uh, technically literate workforce so we can attract these industries here and, and grow them. At Warner, what was the best career advice you have ever been given? You know, I would, I would say uh, the best career advice was to just always try to leave an organization better than when you came there and have a lasting impact. And, and to me, uh, one of the reasons I chose to be in healthcare versus banking or some, something else is because what we do matters. We help people every day. And, you know, that, uh, that certainly has been a, a big impact on my career. But, you know, I, I was always, one of my mentors told me, you know, leave, leave the place better than when you got there. And that was, that was great advice. And in your case, uh, it's pretty easy to say that you're going to leave the place bigger than when you got there. Mm-hmm. But there's other measures you're looking at that'll make you feel absolutely. That way. I mean, you know, size is is really just you know one one component of what we look at. And our focus is not to be big. Our focus is to be great. If you look at U.S. News and World Report, which really ranks hospitals across the country in in 12 different specialties, they look at the top 50 organizations. We're in the top 50 of nine of those 12 specialties, one of 36 hospitals in the entire country that has that type of ranking. There's 5,500 hospitals in the United States. So it is a, a big honor to be amongst you know, some of those organizations. Now's the time where we check the inbox. Our, our producer picks a question that's come in over the past week from a, a listener. Grant, what have you got? Uh, Peter, we have questions for both of our guests. Um, let me start with Eugene. This came from Camille Breland, who asks, What can New Orleans and Louisiana do in the way of policies and incentives to make bioinnovation easier, faster, and more productive? Well, first off, we do have an R&D tax credit right now in Louisiana, uh, and I think to the extent that that can be increased uh, in the bioscience areas, right now it's more in the digital uh, area, but to the extent that we can have that in the bioscience area, that could have a dramatic impact, particularly because, candidly, the, the research base in the biosciences is dramatically larger than that in the uh, digital and computer, computer sciences. So uh, that, would, that would certainly be one thing the state could do. Uh, secondly, um, 
the state could uh, uh, continue to fund some of the research uh, that goes on in our universities through, for example, the Medi Fund, which was passed through the legislature last year, it was authorized, but it wasn't funded, uh, and uh, uh, any other uh, types of activities like the Board of Regents Trust Fund, which helps universities get together with industry, produce new inventions, patent them, and license them, and make money. It's a shame right now, for the last 20 years, while Tulane, LSU, and Xavier have been producing these technologies, they end up in Boston, they end up in, in London, they end up in Los Angeles. You know, we want them to end up here in the bio district, uh, and uh, so we can benefit from, the, uh, from that uh, type of activity. Uh, Warren, here's a question for you. Based on the fact that uh, you were appointed to a national commission that advises Congress on Medicare issues, Joel Harden-Barrios wrote to us on Facebook and asked, what would you anticipate are the challenges for New Orleans health care with the state's rejection of Medicaid expansion, and who is affected the most by that? So I think, you know, certainly the, um, what we see with, with a lack of expansion of Medicaid is it does have an impact on, our, on uh, lower-income people in, in Louisiana that maybe have a more difficult time uh, obtaining insurance you know, an expansion of the Medicaid program would certainly, you know, provide additional coverage. And that was really the focus of the health care reform bill was to expand coverage and have, you know, more folks being covered by whether it be Medicaid or commercial insurance or, or you know, Medicare. So I, I think certainly you would see, you know, more lower income people in the state of Louisiana be covered if, if there was an expansion of Medicaid. Um, there's a lot of, you know, challenges of doing that, but that would be the, the impact. You'd see more coverage. You know, Gene, I was just thinking, uh, uh, we see the bio district growing and, and, and such, but you're looking at it from a very different perspective because there's other bio districts, right? I mean, and you're right. competing against them. That's uh, right. That's how, right. When you're trying to get a company to come over or um, a research group, what are they looking for? What do you have to offer them? Well, they're looking for the research base, uh, which we have extensively. They're looking for the universities. They're looking for the, the, uh, the workforce. And we, as I mentioned, have a strong biosciences workforce. Uh, they're looking for tax breaks, uh, and they're looking for a physical place for their company to live and for their employees to be able to access, uh, which is why the uh, Bow District did a uh, master plan, a physical master plan for this area under a $2.4 million grant uh, from the state uh, that would give us, if and when implemented, exactly this kind of environment. Uh, also, you want to be sure to mention that we've got one very exciting thing happening with the Bow District right now. A lot of economic development organizations in the city. Uh, many think that we need to integrate better. The New Orleans Business Alliance, as one of its five target areas coming out of its excellent strategic planning process, is bioinnovation and health services. Uh, the two boards of the New Orleans Business Alliance and the Bow District have recently signed a cooperative endeavor agreement whereby the Business Alliance will be providing administrative services to the Bio District, and together we're going to be carrying out a, a new strategic plan, because as I mentioned, ours is back to 2005. We need a new strategic plan. So they'll be uh, leading the way, helping us, working with other economic development organizations city to develop a new strategic plan that not only will say, here are our goals, here's what we want to achieve, but also which of these organizations are going to take responsibility for that. Let me ask you both kind of a final question on this is New Orleans as a city, you're trying to uh, get these people to choose New Orleans and you have to offer them the lifestyle and, and all of that. And then you're competing with physicians. Um, how does New Orleans stand up? Is it getting better in terms of the backdrop? 
I would say it's absolutely getting better. I would say from a uh, physician recruiting perspective and even in a, an executive recruiting perspective, we recruit nationally all the time. We have not had difficulty recruiting into New Orleans. You know, folks want to be here. They see the great trends going on in, in the city. Um, they, they like the, the feel of what's going on. There's definitely, if you talk about momentum, there's definitely momentum in this city. So we, we don't have trouble recruiting here at all. It's actually, in, in many ways, it's, it's a real plus. And, you know, I think we, we saw post-Katrina that we were recruiting folks that kind of wanted to be part of a movement, wanted to be part of the rebuilding. Now we're seeing, you know, folks that they just see that there's a great momentum here. They like what's happening. They like Auctioner. They like, you know, what's happening downtown, and they like what's going on in the region. So it's, it's really been a, a, a very easy hire. Same thing uh, for you, Gene. Is, is New Orleans a plus for you in, uh, in, your, in your story? If we can create that environment I was talking about, a connected environment with cafes and so forth, I mean, New Orleans is going to be the best place to go in the country. I mean, you know, when you add the music, when you add the food uh, to the accessibility of these areas and to your home and being able to bike, I mean, it's going to be a knockout. It's, it's going to be a, uh, I should say, a home run rather than a knockout. <laughs> Gene Demore, Warner Thomas, there's nothing more fundamental to all of us than our health. Healthcare in New Orleans is a big component of the local economy. And from what we've learned here today, it's continuing to grow. Thanks to both of you for joining me. And thanks for everything you're doing for the city. And thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. Thank this you. has been great. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Gene Demore in his role of chairman of the Bio District New Orleans and Warner Thomas, president and CEO of Auctioner Health System. You can find out more about the Bio District and about Auctioner by following the links on our websites at www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. The show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric. Merle. Chris Keogh was our engineer and our researcher on today's show. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can get the show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's neworleans.com and www.no.org. Support for Out to Lunch comes from Baton Rouge-based PreSonus Audio Electronics. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, online at joneswalker.com. Additional support provided by Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank, Resource Management, LLC, Luba Workers Comp, and 30 North Investments.